and welcome to Warhammer 40k Book Club. This is episode 16, in which we're discussing Belisarius Call by Guy Haley. I'm Jen Bozier. And I'm Carrie Honey. And this is Warhammer 40k Book Club, where we read from a crag. Every episode, we discuss a book that we've selected from the Black Library's Warhammer 40,000 catalog. We post the book on our website, wh40kbookclub.com, along with questions to ponder during reading. Listeners are able to read the book and then tune in to the cast to hear our discussion. We encourage participation through Twitter, the site, or Encrypted Box channel. Spoiler warning. If you haven't yet read the book, go ahead and visit the site, check out the book and the questions, and then come back to this post. We'll be discussing the book from start to finish in great detail. As mentioned, this episode, we're discussing Belisarius Call by Guy Haley. This is a look into what Belisarius Call is getting up to on the planet of Sotha, the former home of the, um, the Emperor's Scythes. Or was it the Skies of the Emperor? I think it's Scythes of the Emperor. Oh god, you guys, we just read this book. Anyways, doesn't matter, the Scythes. We're just gonna call them that from now on. Anyways, we posted several questions to our readers, readers and ourselves. So let's go ahead and just dive in. First off, did you like the book? Well, first I have to introduce a special guest for tonight. Sorry, everybody. Big Steve is joining us. <laughs> it's been a week, you guys. It's been if a I week. Would, yeah. I would have alcohol right now if I wouldn't just, I would, I would pass out. <laughs> like in 10 minutes, you would just be like, Jen, Jen, in a week. I have had like three cold brews today. Anyways, it's going to be a great guest. Um, so yeah, I did be, like, like it. I did like it. And I did too. It, it's not one of my favorites that we've read, but I still I enjoyed it quite a bit. That's a good way to describe it. I, I really liked it start to finish. Um, not my favorite, but there was a lot of it's an important book. Right. So I'm very glad we read it because <sighs> stuff goes down in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've read it, you know that. So very good. I liked it. What parts really stood out to you? Well, two things. Um, page 209, one call swears he never asked uh, to be um, the head fabricator of Mars. Right. We'll talk about right. that in depth. But and, yes, that was a pretty good that was a pretty good scene. <laughs> and then page 221 when call is talking to the Catan and he's talking about, you know, the 3 in 1. Ah, and the yes. Catan's like, the first, which is the Omnissiah, is a lie. <laughs> I forget what he calls the second. Well, he calls it the second, which is the Empyrean, Empyrean beings. He's like, that's just emotions. And the third, which was the Emperor, it said, and that's a weapon. Which is true from a certain point of view. I mean, but that's what the Chaos Gods call him. I mean, they call him mm-hmm. the Ananthema. Right, because, I mean, the shaman that got together to create the emperor, more or less, he's there to fight back chaos. So it's interesting that the Catan would, what's the word I'm looking for, um, trivialize him almost like that? Like, oh, that guy, this is, this is just a weapon. Um, gosh darn it. I actually pulled up the page so I could pull up because I loved that line as well. Um I loved the line as well, where um, they talk about, where is it? Gosh, darn it. I had it open and then I closed it because it's been a long week. Um, Let's see. 
The first is lie. The second are emergent consciousnesses created by etheric disturbance. That's just delightfully poetic. Um, Which we already kind of knew thanks to the Black Legion. Right, right. And I think I think they've I think they've really gone to pretty good lengths in a lot of books lately to really kind of describe it that way. But it's just so very poetic and grandiose. The Catan <laughs> himself. I liked from start to finish, I liked the characterization of the Catan. <laughs> it was, you know, just this pissy old god who's been trapped in a mountain for god knows how long. Well, you know, I almost kind of imagine the emperor being the same way. <laughs> right? Part of me was like, is he gonna wake up and just be like all over the place? Because this is Sassy Catan. Oh, um, I have a feeling the emperor's gonna be very much just like I'm telling you, for 10,000 years, unplug it! Text the speech once. <laughs> So one of the things along kind of in that similar, uh, ch- that same ish chapter, I, um, let's see, what was the place that I had marked? It was on page 214 when they're, when they find that crack in the wall mm. and they go and they look through it. It's, oh, um, right. yeah. When they go and they look through it and Primus is like, you just stop looking through this crack. Yeah, it's not the warp. It's not any place. Yeah, I love that. Um, I have this thing. So the only scene, no Star Wars debating, but the only scene from The Last Jedi that I really liked, and I really did like, I walked out of the movie and I was like, that scene was amazing, is the mirror scene with Rey when she's snapping in the mirror and it's going all up and down the mirror. I thought that was beautiful. So this like reminded me of that with just when he's walking, when uh, Felix is walking away and he looks back over his shoulder and there's all the fragmented Mm -hmm. realities of the different that was so cool and it was one of those little things that i was like really it it doesn't have any bearing on the plot or anything like that it's just a neat scene and that's what bioshock infinite tried to do (laughs) but yes but they were like oh but these realities are all happening at once and they all converge right here and if you break through the realities the thing that you need will just be there (laughs) magically um like how many times have we ranted randomly about Bioshock Infinite on this podcast? Well, okay, that that is true, but um, it's in my mind today because apparently, um, started an argument in four words was trending today, and so mine was Bioshock Infinite is overrated. Yes. And um, also, one of my friends said, "You spelled." You, he's like, "That's a really weird way of spelling bad." Like, oh, like, yes, you are my people. Anyway. So, I also, you know what, there's, and we'll talk a lot more about this too, but, or I guess this kind of branches over into this, um, there were nice little nuggets of history imparted throughout the entire book, which I found fascinating. I think the one that stood out to me the most, that I liked the most, was with Sedane. When they talk, there's that little scene of him trying to figure out how to get the black carapace. And he talks about how all the subjects are dying because it either grows too fast or it grows too slow. And the revelation that the black carapace is pretty much just a cancerous tumor that they grow under the skin. That was so cool. And I think I liked that because I I also liked the revelation that they're called the Adeptus Bastardis because of Dr. Amar Astarte. Um, I liked the idea. The reason that stood out to me so much was that previously, I guess we always pictured the emperor like alone, like a Dr. Frankenstein in his laboratory working 
I liked the idea that no, he needed other people. He needed help. He had a lot of the ideas and a lot of this stuff, but he couldn't do it all by himself because he was still just one dude. See, I was more envisioning him as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but that's just well, There's me. also that. <laughs> but I love the idea that he did need help. And I liked the idea that it wasn't just these people who were like, oh, I got it. There was trial and error. And apparently it was Sedane. There was like a lot of error. <laughs> um, I liked that concept, though. I thought that I was so great. I actually had to read that part several times because I didn't follow it very well. And mm. that's mainly because I, I know my history and knowledge with all of that was is lacking. Uh, with that, and finally, it took me a while to be like, oh, oh that that is what he's what he's part of. Because I kept trying to figure out, like, what is he? Why is he so important? Why do we keep going right. back to this guy? What does he know? And then, then you discover that I loved that. I thought that was so cool. And um, just all those little pieces in there. And they had quite a bit. So which ones did you find most interesting other than just other than that piece? Other than like Felix's history? I mean, oh. <laughs> I mean, and the reason yeah. why I have to bring up Felix is because, you know, they keep going back, you know, with his history. Mm hmm. And it's like, I knew that he was from the heresy era. And they and even in, it, it was in Blood of Ajax, the two brothers talked about how they were recently made not vat-born, which made me like, right. what does that mean? And that's what Felix is. Uh, vat-born and cryo-sealed, I'm guessing, for, for 10,000 10, years. But there was that, and um, oh man, how Call and his friend tried to escape. <laughs> uh, you know, on the planets that Horus was, it's like, mine! <laughs> so, really quick before we transition over to that, because yes, that too. Um, I really liked the revelation of how, because I guess I was having trouble wrapping my mind around it, because we did see all of these Primaris Marines who were like, yeah, I was taken as a child, pre or during heresy, and then I've just been in stasis for 10,000 years. So I guess I kind of was picturing it like some sort of universal soldier thing. And I just actually, Aaron, um, I know you don't, movie. I know you don't play Halo, but um, when you read the lore in Halo, that's how the Spartan twos, which is what master chief is him. And there's mm -hmm. only three other surviving Spartan twos. Um, what happened with them? They were literally kidnapped as children mm -hmm. and recreated and that was like the big thing with them because then the the future generations of spartans it was volunteer that, right and that was the big secret is that they had to hide that oh by the way dr halsey like kidnapped all these kids and a lot of them died horrible deaths and blah 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 it kind of reminded me of that what call was was doing he reminded me very much in that time of dr halsey just very cold and calculating and but i do love you and you will like me later it's like mm, no not so much. And I like it. I thought that was interesting. This idea that like, it felt more like this. I guess I pictured that he was like, oh, I can do this. Just put a whole bunch of guys on ice. And then 10,000 years later, ah, figured it out. Pop him out of stasis. I liked the idea that it's been this slow process that nope. Okay. I did this. I'll get back to you in a couple hundred years. And just this. After constant... I go absorb other people. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, which we'll talk all about the mm. the calls, plural. Um, but 
I thought it was really interesting, this idea that it was this constant evolving process and that it really did take him 10,000 years to figure out what the emperor and the other people had done, which we're going to talk a lot more about that when we talk about the personalities. But, but at the same time, very... though, he hasn't figured out how they made the Primarchs. Because he even like, mentions that he hasn't figured that out. And the thing is, right. thing, I think, okay, yes, yeah, so they... So he had Sedane and uh, Dr. Astarte, you know, working on the Adeptus Astartes based off of the Primarch's genetic code. But I believe that the Emperor did the Primarchs by himself. That was yes. his little personal lab creations. And then when they got, yes. you know, scattered, he's like, well, shit, what else am I going to do? <laughs> Somebody make me a whole bunch of children for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like. I liked that idea of it. I liked, and which, along those lines, since you mentioned that, I strongly suspect that Primus might be his attempt at that. That or it's just an amalgam of all the legions. Because, That's what I think he is. Because they mentioned his his raw psychic talent feels very Thousand Sunsy, And they mentioned when they first look at him that his eyes, his pupil is all black, which is a Night lords thing. So I think he's just kind of, and I did like when Felix was like, yeah, when this guy was first revealed, Reboot Golem and blew, blew a gasket. This was not good. So there's only one, only one of him. And the fact that he talks about how he's in constant pain. Like, oh, that's so sad. Well, yeah, Apparently and, Call doesn't look at you like a son. I mean, just all those pieces you think bringing together. I mean, that's 18 different strengths and weaknesses all kind of mashed in together it's actually amazing his body just doesn't fall apart right and i think that's only just one part of why how miserable he is i think the other part oh, is, yeah. is that he has to go follow call around the rest of his life pretty much i liked um but there was just there was so much history with that with felix it felt really good and yes i loved the story of him and friedish friedish yeah. i like Friedish. I liked the idea of them escaping and the story. I liked the whole part where it's just post-heresy and they have to prove that they didn't side with those assholes. Mm -hmm. So I liked that whole bit. There was a lot of just little fun, colorful things in here, kind of to tell you how long Belisarius Call has been around, but also just to, you know, it, it lent a little bit of color to, <laughs> she was a little crazy after the Horace Heresy. Right. Like, People didn't know just a little weird. Yeah, it was a little weird. So you mentioned the scene that I want to talk about because uh, so Belisarius Call has unleashed a rogue AI on the universe. Mm. That's mm. a thing that's happened. Um, and that scene with <laughs> made got, of um, Necron technology. Easily. Mm -hmm. Easily, clearly. Um, well, it was so funny, too. <laughs> Because when I read that scene, I was like, I knew it. Because if you remember in Plague War, yes. Reboot Billiman's like, I think you're an AI. And the thing's like, no, I'm just a bunch of pre-programmed responses that I can plug in to assume what call would answer for you. By the way, will you make me the leader of Mars? <laughs> like, so what's this AI's end game? Because Belisarius Call says, or when Felix questions him on it, is like, will you stop asking about that? I was actually really surprised at how self-aware Call is. Right. And he was like, oh, I would never. That would cause a civil war. You don't say. That may be one of the reasons why Rabu keeps saying no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, tell me um, something that we don't know, dude. 
Yeah, let's see, what does he say? Of course I can't be Fabricator General. Half the Mechanicum think me the Anti-Maker cloaked in metal and flesh. And then I did like two where he says, I do research. There are some who call me a scientist. There would be immediate devastating violence across all the Forge worlds if I raised so much as a meaningful eyebrow in the direction of the Fabricator General's Forge. We would suffer a replay of the heresy, of the heresy itself. Horacy. That's actually a really good portmanteau. I like that. I'm going to own that one from now on. <laughs> Hashtag Horacy. Anyways, <laughs> but he knows this. So the fact that the AI has asked not once, not twice, but multiple times, what's the end game here? Is this... Now it's time to start wildly theorizing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's, like he even says, like, well, I'm going to have to go adjust that. I'm like, do you know where your AI is? <laughs> It's, it's 11 p.m. Do you know where your AI is? I can tell you he's next to a Primark. In close vicinity to a Primark. Um, concerning. So, it clearly... Made of forbidden technology, but details, details. <laughs> but, but it's so cool, the technology. Mm. Um, so, here's the question. Is it... It's Necron technology... Is it thinking for itself? Has it done basically the, uh, if you ever saw the um, iRobot with the cinematic masterpiece with Will Smith? Actually, it's very underrated. Um, if you've ever seen that movie, is it tolling? Huh? It's okay. Get out. I'm surprised you've seen it. I really fell out of my chair. So <laughs> It was on FX one day. <laughs> and I was doing laundry. So I just need to make sure that every movie I've ever wanted you to see shows up on FX. Anyways, so, but have you seen it? I wonder, like, is it playing that where it's like, you guys have no idea what you're doing. I'm just going to take control from you. Let's start another heresy. Like, is it that? Is it? I hope it's not that because that seems to be, that's, that's what happens at every AI. Look at Skynet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just going to take over. Y'all don't know what you're doing. Um, is it Necron-ish? Like, does it still, like, is this maybe something that Trazen is like, Psst, get shit going over there. Start some shit. And the AI is like, gotcha. Like, and quite better question, is Felix going to tell Gulliman in a timely manner? Or is this going to be one of those things where Gulliman's like, okay, call, you've earned it. I'm going to do the thing. And then Felix is like, no! I just had a random thought. I'm like, I wonder if Ooh. Skynet created the Catan. Not the Catan, but the um, the Necrons. <laughs> no, the Necrons kind of did that to themselves. That's a long storied history. Um, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's been like, you know, 40,000 years. To be years. fair, they do look like Terminators. Well, I mean, it's been 40,000 years since Terminator. I mean, it kind of makes true. sense. <laughs> No, see, it's this really long story that involved the old ones, and but the old ones were James Cameron. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's awful. They reached the peak of their civilization when, like, our peak civilization were Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Like, you know. Oh. Anyways, um, they ruled the raptors. <laughs> All over the place tonight. So here's my big question, though. So a lot of this stuff, Call seems to be one step ahead of everything right like oh this is happening i know that um do you think call has an idea he seems very measured right where he's like mm, i'm gonna have to adjust that uh how are you aware that it's actually a 
I mean, to be fair, I'm also just assuming it's an AI or an abominable intelligence. Um, I'm just assuming that because that seems kind of like what's going on there. Um, or is it possible that it's corrupted? Why not both? <laughs> Why don't we have both? Yeah, that's um, that'd just be a Warhammer 40k thing to do, wouldn't it? It really would. Uh, so I guess, yeah, do you think Call is a where here's the other question too is call like of course it's an artificial intelligence <laughs> i created it though of course i don't think he would i think he knows that would be that would put him in ill favor it also kind of speaks to call's character too though right that he's like oh i totally understand this i totally have it under control oh it's an ai that does make sense in hindsight like oh yeah i forgot he said that part he's like huh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll right. fix that. It's like, and Felix is like, this is not normal. And he's like, like, well, anyway, we're talking about this. And Felix is like, we're not done yet. Going into Gold's a tunnel. Just like, I need you to focus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, and, well, and the funny thing is now, too, after making friends with the Catan, Call now has this vast reservoir of knowledge, right? It, God even... I, so here we're probably gonna we're gonna go back into wild theorization here. Other than the location of all the other beacons in the universe, what else could he have learned from a Catan? Maybe how to fix the Emperor. Because I mean, they've Maybe said how to that fix that, the throne. <laughs> that's lost technology at this point. Yeah, uh, the entire throne technology is lost. Although you would think with how old he is and all the different um, people he's absorbed with their knowledge and histories that he would actually know how the Golden Throne works. And he might, but he may not know how to repair it. I am starting to get the strong suspicion that only the Emperor really understood that. Or the Malkador. And Malkador, who, you know, was killed by the Golden Throne, more or less. Um, they, uh, I, I think maybe <laughs> that's why you spread your knowledge around and document in a wiki page. Um, <laughs> and don't, humor. And don't let other people edit it. Well, obviously. Because that's saying, that's oh, how you end up with, we just released all of the, we erased all of the release notes from like three years. Uh, I couldn't help but compare this though to Thousand Sons from, from the Horacy. Because like just because of the constant wanting of knowledge, yes. and then the space wolves, their big things like you can know too much. Like, well, is it yes. possible? Call it's going over like Lehman Russ territory, Lehman Russ, Magnus territory, and is knowing too much. And I think he is, especially going into. The, I mean, Magnus kind of tipping into chaos was the same. It's very similar, if not the same, as Call tipping into Necron technology. He's created an AI already. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Because there is, I think, especially with the Necrons, there is such thing as too much. You have AI in there. Like, on one hand, I think you and I were joking about how awesome it would be that, like, okay, have you figured out how that living metal thing works? <laughs> Go back and tell Pisanius that he's fine. It's totally cool. That's all kosher now. Or um, um, maybe if you learn how the living metal works, you can bring back Ferris Manus. That's an option too, um, because his eyes are made of living metal, um, like his arms. Yeah. yeah, like maybe maybe you could do that. 
there's so much that and like the necrons also have superior technology all around right um that'd be pretty awesome and like i mean when they describe the scarabs and how they're um they're like self-repairing and they're doing all this kind of cool stuff like yeah the mechanicus could you know probably go to stand for some of this stuff but again at what cost right it's like the same thing like with magnus he's like look at all the good that i am doing with everything i have learned and it's like but where are you getting that knowledge right you know it does it does matter what you're doing with it but it also matters how you get it because there's always that price to pay and there's gonna be a price to pay with this there's also knowledge that you can't unknow like if you find out that oh i can do this really cool thing let me make an avatar the last airbender (laughs) reference here there is an episode in which katana learns how to bloodbend and at the end of the episode she decides that it's pretty awful but she knows how to do it now. So there's an episode later where then she gets really angry and she starts bloodbending. And it's not until she kind of is like, oh, wait, shoot, I shouldn't have done that. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. So especially with Call, like, he can find out stuff that may, he might be like, on one day, he might be like, that's bad knowledge. I shouldn't know that. But then, you know, it's Call. So he could also be like, but you know what? Gosh darn it. That's just going to help us <laughs> in the long run. So let's just go for it. He has so much hubris. Like, holy crap like he makes magnus look humble i swear <laughs> you know cause yeah. at, because at least magnus was willing to teach call is just right. like i am right and you will follow me oh yes and not no, question, i am the keeper of knowledge yeah you and you know you will not question anything that i do oh by the way um imperials our favorite imperial citizen i am not team call fuck that guy he's a monster <laughs> that seems a little harsh no it's yeah, not harsh call he is a monster. So because I love the Adeptus Mechanicus as is, I I don't think that I would want to have tea. Well, actually, I would want to have tea with Call. I'm not sure that I would want to be employed by Call. No. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want him to consider me a friend. Or consider you smart, for that matter. Or useful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, but I would love to just, you know, let's have tea and biscuits. Yeah, but you don't um, know which personality is going to show up. There's that, too. Yeah. From as many people that he's absorbed and made backups of backups of backups. Okay, so there's some weird stuff. Well, okay, so mm, that's another thing. He has learned to absorb these consciousnesses, right? I wonder, with Necron technology, could he potentially learn how to offload them? I think he has been. Into another body. I think he's been trying. Oh, shit. With Friedish. It's very oh, obvious he's been trying right, to do that right. with Friedish. Because he and saved he's his head. No, it. But he saved his head, made a very big deal yeah. about that. And he, I, you know, and every time he talks to one and he says Friedish, like, I'm not Friedish, sir. I just sound like him. It's like, he's been trying to recreate Friedish. So, but... Is that so? On one hand, okay, so now maybe he gets the knowledge from the Necrons and he's like, oh, of course, it's so simple. I just need to do this. And so he does the thing and then he has Friedish back, kind of. Um, so that's okay. Well, whatever. You brought your friend back in a little creepy, weird flex, but okay. And then, but yeah, what's the next logical step there? He's like, oh, you know what? I should bring Hester 
Hesperia back again. That, that'd be a good one to bring back. And you know what? While I'm at it, I'm just going to offload Sedane, too. Like, that seems, like, pretty questionable. Well, you know, to quote Jurassic Park here, you're so focused on whether you can do it, you didn't think about whether you should do it, which has pretty much been the mantra for all of uh, the Thousand Suns. Right. And so along those lines, so Bellisarius calls Unleashed to Catan. Uh, where do they go from here? Maybe he's going to go find the other Catan that Uriel let go. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Have like tea. those two see each other and they're like, hey! Buddy! Like, we need to catch up and kill a lot of Necrons. <laughs> well, and if you remember the Nightbringer, I'm pretty sure the I'm, I'm Again, it has been so many years since I read Nightbringer, but I'm pretty sure the Nightbringer was famous for having absorbed some of the other Catan shards, a la Solus and Plymouth. So I'm not sure. Like, I can just imagine those two getting in a room together and being like, so, battle to the death. Um, and there are still so many other shards out there. Like, maybe one Catan is kind of like, mm, I don't know what I can do right now, but maybe two Catan together. Like, ah, Yes. Now we can execute Order 66. <laughs> One Catan, two Catan, three Catan, four. <laughs> One Catan, two Catan, three Catan, four Catan. I'm just thinking Red of... And blue. What's that stupid show? One banana, two banana. Two banana, three banana, yeah. four. That's right. The banana splits show, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's three, two, one contact. Um, so, interestingly enough, right before he releases the Catan... And this was one of those things that really stuck out stuck out to me. He randomly goes back to meet the Emperor as Call, even though Call says, I never met you. Sedane did lots. They were good friends. Um, he's like, I've never met you. And of course, you know, the Emperor's like, nah, it's, it's all kind of the same anyways. And the Emperor says to him, you're going to betray me, but that's okay. And Call's like, I would never betray you. No, you're gonna. But it's okay because you're going to make it right. So to me, that kind of felt like... Does the guy the crow three times? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it felt to me like him being like, okay, I understand you need to release this Catan because you want the information. I strongly suspect that maybe all of this information that Belisarius Call is going to glean from the uh, Catan, I'm thinking that the Emperor is like, okay, this is, in the long run, this is going to be good um in the horus heresy novel uh mechanicum i think it's called the void dragon which is why they call the machine spirit a lie because it's strongly suggested that it's just a Catan that's trapped inside of mars by the emperor so interesting Catan busters like like oh i released a Catan. Like, it's like when your kids if you've ever had your kid call you and be like i did this bad thing and they're all upset and you're like it's okay, we'll clean it up later. Like, <laughs> I broke something. All right, we'll get the vacuum out. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I feel like that's kind of how the emperor was just like, all right, I'll deal with it later. <laughs> like, I, I'll caught, back. I caught one once. I'll do it again. That's right. <laughs> Put that thing back so where you found it. So help me. <laughs> so like that, I mean, that that's how I interpreted that scene was him being basically like, it's fine. Go ahead. I get it. Which, again, going back to that that thought that what can he glean, 
maybe it is how to fix the emperor. Maybe it's how to kick the throne into overdrive so that it's not just sustaining him. It actually heals him. Kind of like what they did with Goldman. I still think it's uh, very much a dogma and they just need to unplug him. <laughs> he'll come back. <laughs> he'll just wake up and be like, all right, finally. Maybe that's what he'll learn from the Catan. It's just like, yeah, just unplug it. And then everything's fine. Well, they already kind of did that, though. Remember when the uh, when the beacon goes out because they stopped feeding him the souls? Um, yeah, they kind of already did that. Well, Is that why the beacon him. went out? Maybe, maybe they just need to pull him out. I thought it <laughs> went out. Pull him off the chair. Well, hold on a second. I thought it went out because the rift opened. Yes, but you remember when demons pop up on Terra? Right. So some of them pop up down by the soul machine is my understanding. I haven't actually, I think this is in a campaign book. So random Imperial citizen or somebody, please keep me honest here. Cause this is, I'm purely going off of what I read on Lexicanum that something pops up down there. And in classic mechanicus fashion, they don't tell anyone because <laughs> you don't want to get in trouble. And so um, the gravy train stops. <sighs> and when you don't have 10,000 souls, the emperor is basically like, and so the beacon goes out and then they take care of the little demon problem. And then, okay, we can start shoveling souls back in the sky again. And then everything's fine again. And that's why the beacon goes out. But please, somebody keep me honest on that. Um, it makes sense. So I that's guess. why I was on Alexa Canem and I was like, oh, this actually all makes sense. And it I all bet that is well in a campaign character. book. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember what it was in. But reading it, I was like, well, this all makes sense for every player involved in this. But so... Point being, that's kind of how I interpreted that scene. I thought the scene was a flashback, to be totally honest. Right, because it kind of is. They're in a place that Sedane was before, but he does say, he's like, yeah, we've never had this conversation. Well, right, but way I took it was that at this, he might have had that flashback, but it's at this point he now understands Oh, that told. could be too. Yeah. And so maybe that was permanent. Shit. <laughs> my, my verb conjugation is not going to work out here. Um, he was predi- predicting. Thank you. I cannot think of my words. He was predicting. You trying to say premonishing? <laughs> premonition? Premonition? He was premonitioning? <laughs> so when we play D&D and somebody rolls perception, I'm like, do you want to percept? <laughs> Anyways, you guys, I'm an English major. Um, so, I mean, maybe that was a premonition of his, just like, and that's, you're right, maybe it was just a flashback, and now he's like, oh, I get it. This is what he was talking about. And not the rogue AI that I created and unleashed in the galaxy. Well, he's probably thinking, I tamed a Catan. I can fix this rogue AI. I mean, come on. Oh, like we're never going to hear about this again, right? Right. Like, remember that one time that I tricked an AI, uh, a Catan? Don't argue with me. Right. Oh, my gosh. So that was wonderful, too, because the whole, the whole book, it's like leading up to, it's reading kind of like a haunted house story. God, yeah. this crazy stuff is happening, and you're like, oh, this is all spooky. And then all of a sudden, I can't remember what page it's on, but Thracian is, says something about how we do not need a Necron tomb world. And Call looks around and he's like, oh, it's not a tomb world. It's something much worse. <laughs> and I just imagined it being in this chipper voice. And then all of a oh, sudden yeah, me it, too. Goes, just... it goes to a heist film. <laughs> like, you thought was haunted house film, but really is heist. <laughs> and all of a sudden, 
he's dealing with the Catan, and I do love when he's telling Felix, he's like, it needs to think it's winning right now. Felix is like, God damn it. Like, you have to act like you're my slaves. Trust me on this. Wait, <laughs> Just what? trust me. <laughs> like it's a literal elder god in front of you right now. But that that was a, such a such a sudden <laughs> turn of events. And yes, the fact that call and I hate this because you're so right. He's so arrogant. So, and I'm not sure if it's hubris. He's just arrogant. And in his arrogance, he's like, oh, I can trick a Catan. Oh, I can totally, totally do this. And he does. <laughs> like, part of me was like, oh, I hope this fails. I hope this oh, fails. Oh, I hoped it was going to fail. I was like, this, like, oh, just because this guy needs some humility, damn it. <laughs> I mean, at least and Magnus he, got some after he realized I done fucked up. Like, yeah. I really made a big mistake. But then he became a demon prince and seems kind of cool with the whole thing. Right, but yeah, which but is kind of what that, I imagine happening. Like, oh, I kind of imagine that happening to Call though. <laughs> he makes a mistake and then becomes like some sort of Mechanicum demon prince. Shut your mouth. That'd be funny. <laughs> that shit ain't funny. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> Maybe. I would be devastated if Maybe. we would have gotten to the end of this book and he's like, so now I'm a Catan. That's awesome. <gasps> like a little Catan prince. Cried. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Oh, I would have cried. Because like they talk about when he turns around and his augmentics, instead of being blue and red, they're all green. I was like, oh, no! Don't you take my call from me. See, and I was imagining when he got all that knowledge, mm -hmm. he's absorbing it and he's just like, don't disturb me, I must do this. At that point, I was just like, oh my god, why don't we just have him like Highlander and spin around with lightning yelling, I, I know, know everything! Because that movie's a classic. You referenced Highlander. I'm so happy right now. I feel like we just made a really good breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I didn't like that movie, but... You referenced it! But so, he... Opens up, tears open a hole in the galaxy, basically. <laughs> I did like that when he's like, okay, look, you can sit here and die, or you can go over to these this isolated star system. What'll it be, Fletch? <laughs> and when he chooses to go to the star system, but so the first thing is, he's angry at Call and he's going to want some revenging. I mean, you're an elder god, it, it can take 5,000 years. You don't care. You got all the time in the world, right? Um, but I feel as though some of the Catan or some of the Necrons are going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> Actually, I feel like, yeah, some of the Necrons that they're going to have issue with that. Well, yeah. I mean, he basically said he was going to go after all of them. Yeah. And Call even said, yeah, he's going to go after them before he goes after me. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're in way worse trouble than I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's a... I feel like that's a big thing, but I, so I actually got really excited about it because when we read, when I did, when we read, um, the Ultramarines Omnibus forever ago, I remember being like, oh my gosh, they released a Catan and then they never said anything about it. So I was always kind of like, oh, and to be perfectly honest, and I'm going to go on record saying this, I think maybe the Black Library forgot that, that was a thing. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. It, I mean, it, cause I think that book published in 2002. So it's been like, it's been like Shenmue time and um timely so um that was kind of exciting to me because now i'm like oh 
there's two of them loose. Like something's going to happen now. They could do something with this. Somebody could have some fun with this. I'm telling you. Um, but so that's one section of Xenos that we dealt with. Uh, meanwhile, back at the corral, <laughs> the scythe corral, this is the first time that we've seen the gene stealers real long-term plan we've often at least with me i've seen gene stealers after like i would say less than three or four hundred years where they still have the third arm they're still kind of their heads are weird and wonky they have gotten to a point on the planet of safa which totally makes sense um that they are practically indistinguishable from humans so much so they've infiltrated a fucking space marine chapter where do you go from here? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, I got to that. I had to reread that chapter when Thracian is with the, um, the like, Gene Stealer King. Um, when he's with him and he can't shoot him. Right. And then I had to go back and reread. Because there's that section, that flashback when he's grilling that one person, that one woman. All of a sudden, like it was, it was like a birth instead of a light bulb. It was like a birthday candle lighting above my head because I was all of a sudden like, "Oh no, this is so bad." Yeah, when he couldn't shoot him, and he realized that he couldn't. I mean, I actually kind of had to close the book and put it down for a minute. It's like, oh no, <laughs> oh, oh dear, because the whole time, and it was because the whole time you're wondering so like. What is this big shame? What is this big secret? And this is the only chapter we've ever seen excited about Primaris Marines. They're, they're replacing excited us. to end their line. Yeah. yeah they're replacing us. They so got Yeah. Yes, exactly. The whole time they're like, nope, just let us fucking die. We are, we're done. Just kill us all. It's like, that's a weird thing to think. So at first, my thought was, I was like, okay, you guys got wiped out pretty much by the Tyranids. And that does suck. So my thought was that it was like typical space marine stuff where they're like, you just can't handle the shame. And so I was thinking that, that's like, what I thought too. I honestly thought that by the end of the book, it was going to be one of those things where Thracian would come out at the end and be like, I think I've learned a few things today and I've grown as a human being. I think you have value. <laughs> like I was honestly expecting there was going to be this moment with Felix being like, you do have value. And he's like, we do have value. But no. <laughs> It went somewhere so much darker and unexpected. Uh, yeah. So, the gene stealers, everyone. I was not expecting that. Well, in the fact, when they're talking about, like, how how do we not know this? And Yeah, this is this is what we're supposed to do. Well, call neighbor. That was the thing that, that was the thing that also shocked me. When they're kind of explaining it at the end, and, like, Primaris is like, or Primus is like, yeah, of course you knew. Why wouldn't have you know? You could have said something, ass. Which means exterminatus is on its way. Well, you can't let that planet stay. Not with gene stealers who had infiltrated the chapter. Well, to be fair, they did kill them all now. I mean, but did they? they are all dead. Did they? Okay, that's a good point. I mean, they are kind of like roaches. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah, I, yeah mean, I, I, forget I forget what it's called. I forget what it's called—the little like wormy thing. It had actually a pretty big role in devastation. A ball. I forget what. It's oh, called. um, I can't think of what that thing's called. Yeah, either, but, but I know what you're talking about. Those can be in this. Can be in the dirt, waiting. Yeah. yeah. 
And well, and since, and one of the other big reveals in this book that actually gets treated somewhat, I, I guess, when you're talking about a rogue AI, uh, a Catan, and gene stealers, all walked that, into a bar. Yeah, walked into a bar, and the bartender says, "I can revive the planet," <laughs> which. Honestly, that's like a big reveal when he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, BT dubs, we can totally revitalize this thing. It's going to take a few hundred years, which in the grand scheme of the Imperium is nothing. Pushing calls life. So here's the question. He, he can do it to a dead planet. Will he be able to do it to planets that got Nurgled? So like there were a lot of planets in Plague War that were totally lost to uh, Mortarian's forces. Can he revitalize those? Well, maybe after you exterminatus at first. <laughs> right? But, like, I mean, is that does that just become a new type of terraforming where you're like, okay, we're going to exterminate us this planet, mm -hmm. and then we'll come back and we'll just, we'll revitalize it. I guess. But then to your point... That'd be kind of nice, though, in a way. Uh, you think? Think of how many planets... Uh, yes, I do think. That's why I said it, bitch. Sorry. Somebody take, somebody take this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Somebody take the wine it's away. It's been a week, okay. <laughs> I need to ask, try to find a space marine and ask you where Shin Movie 3 touched you. Um, <laughs> um, in here. In here. Here. <laughs> here and here. Um, <laughs> we are professionals. Um, that was a pretty big reveal too though but it would be a huge deal like think of all the planets that we've seen in books that have been exterminatus exterminatus anyways the past tense of exterminatus and i mean they could bring back istvan Ooh, i feel like that'd be a little tasteless it's a little too soon for that Ten thousand years too soon they can give it to uh, the, they can give it to the iron hands oh my god <laughs> That'd be a call thing to do too. Like, guess what? I revitalized this planet for you. Here you go. Here's a present. <laughs> They'd be like, "Are you kidding me?" Here's where your father died. But oh, maybe it would be like Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, where they come back and then Ferris Manus is alive on the That's planet. That's a terrible movie. Of course, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> but I'm just saying, they could turn it into a terrible book. But it'd be okay because Ferris Manus would be alive at the end. Don't take my dreams from me, Carrie. Well, someone get Guy Haley or Chris Ray. <laughs> You're both welcome. Um, I should never be a writer. Anyways, so that's a big thing. But you were right about this planet, especially because the gene stealers. So one of the things that gets suggested, I think it's in the book Pharos, because it's the one that happens right after the Unremembered Empire, which is where Pharos is first introduced. When Warsmith Dantioch turned, like, activates the Pharaoh's beacon, that's what calls the Tyranids to our universe, basically. It's like a lighting, a, it's like a moth to a lamp. And so it's actually one of my favorite memes <laughs> from Reddit that I really like. Um, but that's kind of what calls them there. So those guys have been there for like 10,000 years. I would imagine they're pretty, if, if they had a gene stealer, which what was he eating anyways living in the it, like the very heart of a space marine fortress what else is there 
You know what? Forget saving this planet. We just need to Death Star it and just blow it out of the sky. Yeah, dust off, nuke the site from orbit, and just never come back. Right. <laughs> like, just put a do not enter sign. We can go revitalize other planets that deserve it better. I will be a little disappointed, though, if, like, in a couple of years we read a book where they're like, oh, it's been 200 years, and we've revitalized Sotha. But there's gene stealers. Oh, God, really, guys? Come on. I'm well, we know what it takes to destroy a planet, right? Just get a Blackstone Fortress and... Harry, this you casuals. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> just get Abaddon on the phone. Will you come destroy this planet? Yeah, so, Jean, so we have like two things. We got the exterminatus plan and the Cadia treatment. <laughs> <laughs> the Cadia treatment, basically the old Geller treatment. <laughs> Take it outside, put it down. Um, this planet really should just, just let it die. But I do want to say, Thracian goes out boss style. Yes, he does. Like, I can't shoot you, but I can shoot the room we're in. And I love when the gene stealer gets the realization of what he's doing. It's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> I've been down here a really long time. No. I do like when they, the way that they describe the gene stealer, too, about how he's not cream colored. He's like bone white because yeah. he's so old. And again, what was, what was it eating? But that's okay. Other you gene stealers? Get, you'd think that it would get lonely down there like i don't know do they need to talk to people i don't know just seems like it'd be a really terrible existence um but so here's the question now though that i have after reading this the sides were quasi gene stealer um nobody knew does this become another level of who can we trust oh absolutely knew call said he knew I actually would be interested in how he knew. Did he just look at him and he's like, oh yeah, it's a gene stealer. In which case, why didn't you say anything? Um, or did he just kind of do the math? Because he's like, I know the history of this planet. I'm figuring out with the dampener thing on the back of his head. And I'm starting to put two and two together here. Also, I know that that's not gene seed in that case because it's too heavy or something like that. Like, did he basically just Sherlock Holmes it where he's like, okay, no, I know what's going on here now. No, I, I think he, he always knew. He was trying to Sherlock Holmes it for Felix to get him to connect the dots. And Felix right. never did. Um, and he's like, no, they're, they're a bunch of gene stealers. Yeah, I knew. It. Yeah, okay, whatever. Just trust me. Oh, that, that's kind yeah. of like important info, dude. Like, Right. But it becomes this level of who, who can we trust? Now I feel like every, every space marine is going to have to do a new and improved blood test. <laughs> the old methods don't work anymore. We got new methods. I'm going to do a random drug test. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Monthly drug testing, people. Um, And then, what do you... But also, Imperial Planets. Right. Oh, God. Don't let the Inquisition get word of this. (laughs) The Inquisition will just be like, that one planet? Totally Gene Steelers. Exterminate us. Oh, yeah. They're going to go exterminate us crazy. Boom, 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 boom. Which is boom. okay because then Cole can just bring the planet back, guys. It's fine. Right. You can absolutely right. see the mechanic the Inquisition being like I don't some see the Inquisition and Call getting along. No. He knows too Not much. Not even a little bit. Much too much. Speaking of that, let's talk about Call himself. Um God, there's so much to unpack with Call. Let's start because you were talking about this. His relationship with Felix. I found very surprising. Oh, that Felix considers him the torturer? Felix considered him the monster and referred to him as a monster. Mm -hmm. And that I understood. 
But the fact that Call basically looked at him as a son. I, I he does. Well, remember he said because he is, and he, he has that kind of patrician feel about him throughout the whole thing, right? Where he's like, "What does that mean?" And so, like with the gene stealer thing, right? He's basically like, hmm, "What do you think about the thing on the back of his neck?" Okay, like it, you know, he's like trying to lead him to this, and the way that he talks to him, and when he finally says, because the whole time he has this weird personality of like this Willy Wonka nutty professor. And he tells Felix, he's like, yeah, this is the personality that you respond best to. He actually cares. Like, there's, in his own Collian way, he kind of cares about Felix. And he even says, he's like, you brought out feelings that I never thought I could, I was capable of. I don't know how much of that is true. <laughs> well, okay, that's also valid. Because he, he even said, this man. he even said, I bring this personality because this is the one that you react to the most. Basically, I annoy the shit out of you and that's how I can get you to actually talk to me. Right. That's, okay, that's fair. It's a way, it's something he uses. Who's to say? You know, in many ways, if he does see him as son, I he sees him as much of a son as the Emperor sees the Primarchs. I was sons. just about to say, it. I think it's kind of like that they're all these little creations. It's like your dogs, right? This little thing that you've molded and you've created. But you know what? You really do like that one. Like for the emperor, it was Horus, right? Horus really was a good boy. And so he really had the strong of all of his weapons. That was his favorite. I feel like that kind of is the same thing with Call. Is that look, of all of the weapons I've created, I like this one the best. <laughs> because he's wonderful and adorable. He is. And Call recognizes that in some level. I no, think he just, only recognizes that because he was the first success, to be totally honest. And, you know, it really could be. And the fact that he mentions that Felix always responded so well and that he was so easy to manipulate mm -hmm. his, his body. Right. Um, no, no, I'm, I know what you meant. Right. Well, like, to clarify <laughs> that, yeah, that he... I think because he was such a good subject, that probably endeared him a little bit too. Um, but this idea that, I don't know, I really, and even Felix, he's so frustrated with him at the end, but he does kind of soften a little to him, kind of, in the end. A although, little, yeah. Yeah, a little. Uh, he's a little angry that he's not there, but. I think it's, if he's softened, I think it's because of a couple of reasons. One, he got them out alive. That's true. Two, he was not the one that was asking to become Fabricator General. Right. I'm not sure that Felix has put two and two together yet that, oh, oh, that means, oh, this is so bad. <laughs> no, probably not. But I bet he's going to tell Reboot. Because he kept telling calls like, oh, he's going to know everything that happened here. And he's going to know all that, too. And then Reboot, I know, will put two and two together quickly so well, he already kind of did like, right so he may go try to find call because he even says like we haven't seen each other in a while so why felix is like he's been trying to meet with you you won't see him um i see you're both like oh no no you are going to come and see me or i'm going to go put a leash on you <laughs> right exactly exactly well part of me also wonders if he does. Remember the AI is always like, mm, he's away and he's much too busy to meet with you. Because when, uh, when Felix says, he's like, yeah, you've been way too busy. Felix, 
Call is kind of non is kind of dismissive of that answer, right? He's kind of like, yeah. So part of me also wonders if that if he doesn't realize that reboot has been like now, now, no now, like really now. Well then, that's kind of his dumbass fault for not checking in with his inferior to like I don't know pull its memory logs, see what was said. He's a very busy man. Carrie. Whatever. He no, also has big Steve. No, that AI is going to be his downfall. That's going to be his hubris downfall. More more so than unleashing a katana into the universe. I think so, yes. And because, uncovering a gene stealer cult. Because I think him being shocked by what Felix said was not the fact of asking to be fabricator general. It was just that, oh, a circumstance happened that I did. I, the great yes. call, did not foresee and something that was beyond was fun. my control. That is not cool. He seemed genuinely surprised. Right? And taken aback. Which I think it's the only... I think it's the only section in this entire book. Other than when he does tell Felix when he's like, Yeah, you know, I've, you make me... You brought out some fatherly feelings that I never thought I would have. I think, honestly, that's, that scene is probably where he's at his most vulnerable. Mm. And actually taken aback. And... It almost made him feel a little human. Like there is something. Yes, the great and powerful call cannot control or didn't control or didn't foresee. Um, but it's weird too, because he has so many different personalities going on in him. Yeah. Right. He has himself. He has Hester Asperia. He has. Sedane. Um, Sedane. And question who mark, knows? Question mark, question mark. Who knows? Yeah. Which. So. That's probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire book is actually the end in which he's pretending to be Sedane hmm. after the memory, the transplant. And he's walking around like him. And when he's talking, it seemed a kind of a cruel trick when he's talking with Friedish and he's like, Call was your friend? And Friedish is like, yes, he really was. I love that Call is basically like, I am way too obnoxious for anyone to take over my personality. Mm -hmm. Again, much more self-aware than I thought he would be i think back then yes yeah well even even now because like when he says like oh why do you want to be fabricator general and he's like no people hate me also i'm way too busy for politics i liked how self-aware he was then too um sedane was a weird one the guy who sedane was a monster Sedane was a monster. So that's the thing, like, with Call, is that, like, it's easy to be like, oh, he feels so monstrous. But Sedane was surviving by using an elixir that was literally melted down sentient beings. And he's like, oh, I feel so bad about it. Then, Not really. Then stop. Just saying, stop. Mm. <laughs> stop using that. Uh, but that obviously, that's not an option because he's an important man. He knows a lot. He knows, like, so much. Um, he was very distasteful. Mm -hmm. And I really did find it weird when you would go back and you would see the flashbacks when it wasn't... Because some of the flashbacks, it was a little blurred between whether or not it was Call or Sedane. And oh, when right. It was like, Sedane, there was that one where it was a woman. When it was Hester, yeah. Yeah, and I, that confused me to no end. That did, too. But then I remembered, I was like, oh, wait, he had the jar and was like, I'm going to take over her personality. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's what this is. Right. It was confusing to me because I was like, this version of Call is an arrogant asshole, especially when he's standing on the cliff 
um, on Terra and he's thinking about the tech priests and he's like, they are barbaric. Why is the emperor stomaching these things? I was like, that's a weird thought for call. That's like really weird. Oh, right. Sedane. Yeah, it's kind of weird for somebody who just like passed his acolyte status. <laughs> this feeling. Which was amazing. The scene with the doors. Mm. Which again goes back to that my personality's too obnoxious to cover to cover up. When uh he goes up to the doors and he starts talking and the things like the others don't talk. And he's like, Yeah, this here. It's just kind of weird. I'm gonna need an upgrade. <laughs> he was precocious from the start. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Um, Although I actually enjoyed Call from the past. Mm -hmm. And I think it's mainly because he didn't know everything. Right, right. He was just kind of like... He felt a little more clueless. Yes, he was just this, you know, literally he was a spunky, obnoxious guy. Spunky? He was spunky. Spunky, obnoxious guy, and I could get behind that. What he is now, I can't get behind. Because he's... I can't get the, I cannot get past the absorbing other people. But he needs the knowledge, Carrie. No, he doesn't. Continuing with your Magnus comparison, Magnus was absorbing information from demons and what, unbeknownst to him, and dark gods. I mean, bad. Hmm. But also... I mean, calls over here absorbing whole people. Now, granted, those people, Sedane dying, no big loss. Yes, he was important, but he was also a monster. So mm-hmm. Hester Speria was, okay, yeah. No, that person needed to be taken out as well. But that's also, like, similar to the Chaos Gods. Why would you invite that into your head? <clears throat> right? Well, he didn't really invite Sedane into his head. <laughs> that's true. But... You now have, and I wonder, part of me also wonders if that is what made him a little more amenable to it, because there has to be traces of Sedane in there, Mm -hmm. which, okay. Which could be part of the um, callousness. Right. And his, you know, uh, you know, make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. Like when he's messing with the projections and oh, by the way, everyone's getting killed out here, but do not disturb. Oh, well, right, because in his mind, it is so important that we unlock this thing, because he knew the whole time they were going looking for a Catan. Right. It was so important, and that was so much more important, and these guys are totally capable. They're space marines. They got this. We're good. And some of them are gene stealers anyway, so, you know, whatever. That was actually one of the only scenes that really did frustrate me, was because he does this. I think they lose two or three guys mm-hmm. in that scene. I think it's they lose two guys and the one guy gets totally chooched. They get, I mean, they have the scene, but there's really no consequence for it for call. As soon as it's over, everybody's like, what were you doing? Like, it was more like if somebody played like a YouTube video at max volume and you would be like, dude, what are you doing? Turn it down. They didn't have nearly as strong of a reaction as I would have expected. I think Felix did. But again, Call brushed him off. Right. I guess maybe that is just, he just has that power of not important. Like, did you die? You're fine. (laughs) Are you bleeding? (laughs) Exactly. Show me the bone. Um, That, I guess, that that did disappoint me a little. Because I was like, you know, 
he really should have had a paleo. Like some, I would have expected a stronger reaction, like from Thracian or anybody. Not that Alpha Primus allows. I much. know. Like, what could they have done? Yeah, you don't. Really, he doesn't really brook I a mean, whole lot of argument. The whole time Felix is trying to get to him, it's almost like slow motion. Like just trying yeah. to get to him, and he can't. And then Primus steps right in front of him. Does Primus yeah. help? Just kill the Tyranids that are appearing out of projections? No. No, of course not, because he's not there for them. He's there for Call. Right. If Call gets threatened, he'll step in, but not until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole, but I get, yeah, that is, it's a good example of him just being like, you can tell that he's so mechanicist that he's done the numbers, he's done the math, right? A few space marines are well worth what we're going to get down in this thing, which I guess, using Imperial math, is he wrong? Well, they said Imperial meth. I'm like, well, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have an answer for that. I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know. Come back. Um, Imperial math. Imperial math. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Omelets and eggs. I, right? We don't know like, yet. We have true. no idea. We have no idea the consequences of what he's done. That's true too. We don't yet. Or what he's going to use with what he now knows. Right. If what he knows is even useful. There is also that. The Pharaoh's beacons are interesting. But first off, are they all powered by shards? Because that was a shard of a Catan that was basically kind of powering the thing. Are they all like that? Are they? Is he going to just like unleash the entire Catan pantheon? <laughs> Guess what? Now we have Chaos Gods and Catan. Awesome. Well, but the Catan are uh, against the Chaos Gods, so... There is that. The enemy, my enemy is my friend? Maybe. Maybe. Still an enemy. But I... Yeah, I guess we don't really know. And like with the and the Ferris thing that they talked about, oh, wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Like, it was a great loss when they lost it. Also, that's another thing that I forgot to mention from the parts that stood out to me when they find Warsmith the Antioch's memorial down in the... <laughs> Everybody knows I'm an Iron Warriors fan, and he's, like, one of my favorite characters. And I was just like... <gasps> Anyways, <laughs> I had a moment. But... Great. Yeah, like... And Call is definitely a... Oh, let's just try and see what happens. Like... <laughs> We'll just travel to another one and find and like fire it up. Oh, it's a Catan shard. Okay, maybe we won't do the rest. But there's a third Catan now out. Yeah. Well, more problems for the Necrons. Anyway, next. <laughs> so overall, though, because this has become a recurring trend for us, do you do you trust him? No. <laughs> um, okay, so let me let me clarify this. Do you trust him in that? His heart's in the right place. That he is loyal to the Emperor and he does truly want to help the Imperium. Yes, yeah, so did Magnus. <laughs> you like Magnus. Though. I do like Magnus, but I totally acknowledge where he failed. You know, like Magnus is the is the Warhammer 40k epitome of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think Call is going down the very similar path. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess. I Do I believe I think I that in. he wants the best for the Imperium and the Emperor? Absolutely. I do believe he is on 
the good guy side, if there really right. is one. I know that we don't do that here. We but, don't do that here. Right. He's on the side of the Imperium and the Emperor. I think he would do anything he could to bring the Emperor back and get the Imperium back to where it needs to be and fight the gods of chaos. Mm-hmm. I don't trust what he's willing to do to get there. That's fair. I I went into this book not trusting him at all. <laughs> Honestly, the Emperor's blessing and how emphatic he is that I don't want to cause a civil war. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do any of this stuff. I just want to help. Then I was like, oh, okay, I do trust you. I do think that your heart's in the right place. I want to trust him. But I think for me, the biggest thing that prevents it, even like, okay, you let out the Catan. I interpreted that the Emperor was like, that's fine. But you did unleash a rogue AI. <laughs> like, I, I'm still very nervous and cautious with him because, again, he seems to just be like, well, let's just try it and see what happens. See, now I'm just remembering, like, from Plague War, it was the rogue, it was the call inferior that said he had the gene seed for all 20, correct? Yes, but they do say that in here too. Remember, Felix is like, yeah. So and that's which is why the other reason I think Alpha Primus is a, a blend of them, because mm-hmm. remember, he said that Call wanted to make all 18, Goleman refused it, and he was furious when he saw Alpha Primus. Okay, I was just trying so, to like piece together like what the AI was maybe. No, like, for sure. Yeah, for. no, I totally get that too. Um, because you have to question everything that thing said, right? Right. Maybe it's more it's more insidious than that, and it's like, oh, call, 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 civil war. Okay, back to call. Like, or, I mean, maybe it is that more insidious that way. Or it could just also be that it doesn't fully understand the whole thing of civil war. It's just like that could he's be. my leader. He should be everybody's leader. Right? <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do this? This would be best. Um, and to be fair, it would cause a civil war, right? Blah, 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 blah. But let's just assume that it wouldn't. Call being the fabricator of Mars would probably not be the worst thing. I mean, he does seem to want to move forward. And there has, it's been argued in a couple of books now that the Mechanicus, like most of the Imperium, it's very political, very bloated, mm-hmm. very stuck in the past. Maybe Call could do some good. So maybe the AI did do run that math and was like, no, nah, you know what? Ultimately, in the long run, this would be a lot better for you guys. I don't know. But since Gulliman has said repeatedly, that's a terrible idea. I don't know. So while we're talking about this, it kind of really just hit me of why I don't trust Call. I, a big problem I have with Call is that he demands everybody trust him what he's doing, but he doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't share any of his knowledge. And that's a hard thing to want to trust somebody who doesn't keep you in the know. Just like, I don't know, minor things like, so this is my plan with the Catan. I don't know if that was a matter of, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yes, definitely that. Or if it was um, because he knew he had to talk, talk Felix into it. But there's a lot of that. Not even just that. There's a lot of other things that were going on. He doesn't explain. It's like, just it's trust It's that arrogance. Just trust me. I know what I'm doing. Right. It's that arrogance because I'm a genius. I know what I'm doing. I can't trust you to know what I'm doing or understand. You'll right. try and talk me out of this. Like, I trust and you also, to keep me alive. But I don't right. trust you to know what I know. 
Right. Well, and also, I think it also comes down to, it's again, that arrogance of, do you, do you need to know this? Just trust me. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Just, just come with me. It's fine. Yeah, you don't need to know this. But I think he knows that ultimately, like, if he would have said, hey, I'm going to go release, I'm going to go try and deal with like a tan. <laughs> Fuck you are. <laughs> like, nobody's going to sign up for that. So, but again, arrogance. Mm-hmm. He just, yeah, he like, knows what's right. Like, that probably wasn't, like, the best example, because you're right. Nobody would have gone along with that. And honestly, I wouldn't have either. I'm like, oh, this is going to fall. He's going to, this is going to fall. But the right dealer. Like, that would have been good information. Other, but there's other things, like what he was doing. He was just like, whatever. Yeah, and, well, no, but like, oh, yeah, like the projection. Yes. Hey, how about a warning? Oh, by the way, this might wake up some of the gene stealers that are on this planet. Because there's a gene stealer problem on this planet. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, BT obviously, dubs. Yeah, BT dubs. Obviously, it made for a much better story for him to not say it for that reveal in there. But but it goes back to his arrogance. And yeah, again, you knew him, this all along. And him being like, everyone must trust me, but I don't have to trust any of you. Right. And again, a hoarder of knowledge. Just yeah. It's hard to trust somebody who is a hoarder of knowledge. Forbidden knowledge. I mean, it's all over the horsey. And it's not just in Magnus's case either. Oh, no, it, it is. It's, but, and, you know, we've been saying that for a while now, is that this seems to be moving toward another heresy level of event, right? There's all these moving pieces, all these weird things, all these major events, trademark symbol, um, that I feel as though we are moving towards another really big event and yeah it's probably if, there's so many echoes of the horror of the horacy in here yeah this my my bet is we're gonna have another you know basically a civil war two where it's gonna be a clash of the primarchs right and not just for uh, boot and mortar i hope it's not civil war two i hated that plot okay we're not gonna look at marvel Okay, we're not talking about a mutant that can predict the future and having Carol and Tony argue over whether that's a good idea or not. It's a bad idea. Like making deals with Catan. Like we're not going to have Hawkeye shoot and kill Hulk, okay, who just ends up coming back later anyway because nobody, everyone's... Nobody really dies. No, they're all, what'd you say, soft dead? Nobody really dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like the Emperor. Anyways... Um, so our Cut. next book, <laughs> I like that the emperor is soft dead. Actually, the really funny thing about all of this is that we just got talking about, oh, he doesn't share information and that's terrible. Our next book is War of Secrets, which is about the dark angels. Who pretty they much love perfected. sharing their secrets. Yeah, they pretty much perfected not sharing information. Like, everything's on need to know and you really don't need to know anything and going all the way back to lion's days pretty much like so i'm really excited for it Uh, we were talking before the podcast about our experience with phil kelly you read that really great ultramarines novella yeah and i had read his short story in uh the wicked and the damned which was very good so i'm pretty excited yeah i i am too i mean i liked i liked the novella it was witty it was a lot of fun and it had some horror elements and I think horror kind of fits pretty well with the Dark Angels. Especially just... Oh, it's um, a natural fit. Or a psychological horror, if nothing else. Right. All we or need just is that, like a fallen popping up. 
And they'd be right. like, wait, stop what you're doing. Right. <laughs> Actually, so with the Prime, that is something that I want to see, is when the Primaris Dark Angels are like, who are those guys? Oh, like, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine the other guy, the OG guys being like, nobody. You know, they, they just wear black armor, pay no attention. You know, they, uh, their inner circle, the Deathwing, they'll never invite in a Primaris. Just like, that's, the Dark Angels mysteriously start helping planets that actually have problems because they can send the Primaris on those. Right, while they're still looking for the Fallen. <laughs> exactly, like, oh, we can actually help again. You guys go over there. We're going to go check out this over here. Don't worry we think about it. we heard that ciphers over here. <laughs> they come running. <laughs> um, yes, so we're excited for that one. <laughs> it should be good. Uh, we'll post our article about our questions and stuff for that as we get closer to it. So I'm excited. I am too. You I, want to take us out? I haven't read any good Dark Angel stuff in a while. It's been a while. I think actually. well, the last thing of Dark Angels I read, honestly, was Angels of Darkness. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I, I really liked, personally. Right, 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 right. Yep. All right. So I think we've been silly enough for for one night, maybe. So you've listened Probably. to the Warhammer 40k book club episode regarding Belisarius call The Great Work. Be sure to join us for our next book, where we check out the next Space Marine Conquest novel, War of Secrets by Phil Kelly. We are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the Black Library or any of its affiliates. You can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website, wh40kbookclub.com. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, give a review, and all those things to the vidcast on YouTube or the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Or Spotify. Can't believe I like, glanced on that. I was like, there's a fourth one there. Spotify. Yes, we're on Spotify as well. Our site also has articles about our adventures and reading other Warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books. Please stay a while and read from a crag. Good night, everybody. Good night.